Thank you for joining us on this Rewind Wednesday. What are we talking about today? Well, we've got updates for you on R. Kelly and Dwan Ferguson. Who are they? Well, come on in. Sit back and enjoy the ride that is insane rhetoric. Good morning, Insane Rhetoric. Good morning, Insane Rhetoric. Good morning, Insane Rhetoric. Yo, 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 what it do? We back on the grind again. You know what it is. The world is upside down. Turn it right side up. What's happening, brain? Gonna take over the world. The pinky and the brain. The pinky and the brain. One is a genius, the other side got it. <laughs> what's up? So, so how you doing today? What's going on? What's it? What's happening in your world? Morning, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Good morning. Good morning to all of our inside rhetoric listeners. We are back for free wine Wednesday. Yeah, we got some stuff to talk about. We got to go back. We got to go all, we got to go way, way, way back. This is stuff we talked about in season one. We got some up to the dates, to the dates. We're going way back, way back. How far are we going back? Way back. And it goes a little something like this. Hit it. Okay. Remember season one. We talked about a gentleman by the name of Dewan Ferguson. Yeah. Okay, well, y'all. That was that was season one. It was a heart wrenching story, y'all. Y'all remember? I'm, y'all might not. And then if y'all knew to listen in the inside rhetoric, you never heard it. But listen. So. Mm-hmm. Juan Ferguson is from St. Louis, Missouri, in Clayton County, y'all. And so this is what happened. This is the backstory. The backstory. It's the backstory. Okay. The back time foolery is more like it. So <laughs> in 2003, uh, Juan Ferguson allegedly left his home with his child named Christian. He had a nine-year-old named Christian. And then we never saw the little boy again. Nobody ever saw the little boy again. He has not been seen to this day. They have not found his body. Nobody knows where his body is. Okay. Around 6 a.m., Mr. Ferguson called 911 from a payphone. So you know how old this is because they had payphones. Yeah. 2003, y'all, we still had a few payphones. Payphones, right. We don't have very many at all, if any. And if you do, shoot, they're going to be $3 to make a call. But they're not going to be in the little booth anymore. Yeah, not at all. Okay. So now 
Yeah, only I'm only I'm my co-hosts know where Page and Skinner Boulevard is, but that's where it was. That's where the payphone was. If you're from the Missouri area, then you may the St. Louis, Missouri area, you may know where Page and Skinner Boulevards meet. Skinker. Skinker. Oh, Skinker. Skinker. See. Skinker Boulevard. See, I didn't even read it right, y'all. Listen, we're getting this from the St. Louis Post Dispatch. So, okay, you want to go read it? It's uh, St. Louis Post Dispatch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he 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 went to the payphone to report that his Ford Expedition was taken in a carjacking with his son inside. Right. He reported a cord, car a carjacking. You guys. All right. So he said that Christian was wearing a diaper, was wrapped in a red and blue blanket. He claimed that the carjacking, you know, he claimed that it was a carjacking so that he could cover up his son's murder. That's what the prosecution says, okay? The defense said that there was no evidence of murder, no body, and therefore no known case or cause of death. That's what my co-host said too, y'all. He kept saying, there's no body. It can't be a murder if you don't have a body. That's, that's it. Yeah, go back and listen. You'll hear my co-host saying that. No weapon, no, 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 no intrusion, no gun, no nothing. That's you can't you can't prosecute like that. So Mr. Ferguson had full custody of the sons since uh 1998. And he has continued to say that he didn't have any involvement in his son's disappearance. He did not testify in his trial. So I missed it, but my co-host was on top of it, y'all. It was on court TV. So go to court TV and look at it, okay? Or read the articles on it, because it was on court TV. So, and the the defense just kept saying there was no evidence, no evidence, because nobody. Nope, it's nobody. No, so now I, I have a problem. Um, to all the people out there and our listening audience, those who are lawyers and prosecutors, district attorneys, feds, uh, police, whatever have you, how many cases are there on file where a person has been convicted of murder, but nobody? I, I just need to know how can you prosecute that legally without no evidence? So if there's anybody that's out there that knows who's lawyers, prosecutors, DAs, public defenders, uh, police, feds, task force, ATF, and all them good, wonderful guys that y'all say y'all love, please comment on our, our on our platform and let us know how you can prosecute somebody without no evidence, without no weapon, without no ballistics, without no body, especially murder in the first degree. Now, this is the long time, this has been a long time since I had heard somebody say that this is murder in the first degree. Um, If you go back to uh, season one, was that season one? Yeah, it was season one, where we were talking about uh, George Floyd. And the cop they was trying to give the cop murder in the first degree, but they downed it, downgraded to 
uh, what was it, aggravated assault, uh, first, first aggravated assault. With My thing is he intentionally put his knee in that man's neck. That's the, he didn't go run off and go get no gun and come back. It wasn't premeditated. He was right on it. That should have been first-degree murder. Now, at least George Floyd was there. Christian Ferguson hasn't been found, but you just convicted a black man of first degree murder without a body. Somebody please tell me how this works because I don't understand it. And I, I, I read a lot of law books and, and, and into a lot of different cases on my own free time. Am I a lawyer? No, I am not. But I know how to read with good comprehension. So I understand a lot. Uh, and I, I need to know how is that possible and how many cases have taken place where murder has been done without nobody being shown? Please tell me, because I'm I'm in a quandary about this. Y'all leave us a comment when y'all when y'all go to uh, follow or like subscribe. <laughs> leave us a comment. We always leave it where you can leave a comment. So. So the, he, he, we've, we've said that the body's not been found. It, the little boy's doctors, Christian's doctors, testified that he would have died within one to three days without his medication and nutrition for a rare genetic disorder. Mm. We went over this disorder in season one. Uh, listen, I'm going to tell y'all exactly which uh, episode to go to. Go to to be or not free case. To be or not free case. We did it in it was we talked so much we did it in three parts. Yeah. Okay. And we we went over in great detail like all the different um because this particular thing he got called citrulline citru, listen, I can't even pronounce it. Citrullinemia. Mm-hmm. Got like two types like diabetes type one type two okay you got different um and it's genetic it's inherited it causes uh, ammonia and other toxic substances to accumulate in the blood It excretes excess nitrogen from the body. And it's got to do with the urea. So, y'all, the little boy, he was in he was in a bad place. Let's put it that way. Yeah, definitely. See, this this is my thing. Uh for we we know that. Uh, Dewan has had custody of his kids since 1998. And, and he was having to take care of this boy all that time. Right. Right. Which with which that uh with those uh health issues, he 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 spent a lot of money taking care of his son. Um also my thing on the flip side is 
if he was awarded custody of his children, what does that say about the mother? <laughs> now, in, in in our culture, we we don't lean too heavily on fathers as being able to do the quote unquote right thing as we should, because there are some fathers who are great fathers out there in black society and black culture but we always make sure that we praise mama everybody mama was there but everybody mama ain't a good mama and everybody that is mamas or are mothers probably shouldn't be so for whatever reason <laughs> whatever reason that uh she lost custody of her kids and whatever caused that to happen it had to be something dire that she was going through or some type of mental problems or unstableness in the mind where she could not keep her uh her kids and the father was awarded custody because he was more stable than anybody in their relationship so you tell me how you can say that you 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 wanna you want your kids and all this 19 years of backstory but you couldn't keep them then because the courts awarded him custody so i i have i have a problem with that so i don't know i don't know so y'all the boy couldn't walk nope he had he had gone into a coma in 2001 he had suffered brain damage couldn't talk, couldn't walk. He ate through a feeding tube. Feeding tube, mm-hmm. It's getting to me again. It's getting to me again. Like, so they think that the boy was declining and that Dewan was trying to shield that the boy was declining in his health. At least that's what they alleged that's what the prosecutors and the mother alleged his ex-wife her name was theta person we we talked about her too yeah and so yeah okay They said that basically the theory was that Mr. Ferguson withheld food and medication, skipped doctor's appointments, left him at home tied in the bed in his own feces and whatever. Ignored his needs. And he was having what they called a polyamorous lifestyle. He was screwing a lot of people, y'all. A lot of different people. Could have been some men in there too. Polyamorous, that's, we don't know. He just loved a lot of people. That's what that means. Polyamorous. Okay, we're not going to break down the, the minute. The, okay. Polyamorous. Polyamorous. Okay. All right. Here so, we are on a dull sesame street again. 
they say that they saying that he felt like the child's life was punishment now that's what they're saying that he just went on and let the kid die and you know did things to make the kid die and then got rid of the body so that he could live so that so that he could have a fun life but he had another kid so i don't know how much fun it was gonna be okay i said that wrong i said that wrong because y'all know i love my kids listen listen y'all i i had fun at every stage of my children's life when they were little babies that was fun for whatever that fun comes from right and you know when they were toddlers that was fun watching them do toddler things you know go to school first day of school kindergarten like that that age group like junior high that was fun like different stuff go on in junior high high school that was fun like but i'm gonna tell you that one of my main things that i missed was looking at an r-rated movie i just don't know how much disney you can watch even the disney pg rated movies is like i just want to see some sex and violence and i couldn't see sex and violence i didn't even really particularly like sex and violence before i became a mom but sex and violence was like a thing i just wanted to see because i couldn't see sex and violence because i had kids so you know it's some stuff about parenthood that's like not necessarily fun yeah, but I I, I I agree. But you're talking about the love of a kid, of of, of a child, man. I, but who's to say he loved his child? We don't know that for sure. Everybody, people, people put on a facade. We don't know for sure that he loved this child. Listen, I spent a lifetime. I'm just gonna tell y'all something real quick. I spent a lifetime not knowing that someone in my life loved me. I didn't find out that they was dying, that they actually loved me and liked me. Like I didn't, they didn't treat me as if they loved me or liked me my entire life. I mean, Uh entire, I was, I was of a great age when this particular person died. And that's when they said, I should never have done some of the things I did. If I could change them, I would. With regards to you. And then they treated me at at this time in their life, they treated me as if they actually liked me and, and I saw the love that they had for me. Like I knew that they had, that there was, there was obligation there. Mm-hmm. I knew that there was obligation. Let me tell y'all something. Listen, we have talked about it on this show. Like I, I didn't have any, any, you know, major illnesses like little Christian or whatever, but like, I, I okay. Y'all know that red dragon came on here and called me bougie. Okay, so like I, I had I had certain privileges and I was in certain places that the normal black kid of the times, you know, older times, you know, the times that the um 
the kind of times that the the, the uh, Supreme Court just put us back in. That I was I was born back in them time. Okay, so listen, I I had and I was in nice places and I was in society. Okay, so but this person, particular person in my life, and I was old when they told me this. They was like, I ain't never liked you. I can't stand you. Brought me to tears. I was like, what? Huh? And then when they was dying, they was like, I shouldn't have said that. I that's not true. This this is what, what was really going on. So I don't know, like, I'm just telling you, we can't know what this man was thinking and going through. It might have been that he did love his kid, but he didn't like all of that stuff that he had to do for this particular kid. And he came out wrong and then he was just tired and then he just wanted to go fuck somebody, a couple of people, because he polyamorous. I'm sorry, did I say that word? Oh, shoot. I'm sorry, y'all. Did you, did you say polyamorous? Yeah, you said it. Okay. But I said another word. <laughs> I, I look at this. I look at this because like in, in retrospect, when I look back at this situation, it's kind of hard because I know some people to some people that's connected with this dude. So some of the things that my people seen doesn't go with what they are saying. And in that, because you didn't seen this person walking around and and being with their kid and doing for their kid this story don't match okay and but you had them walking around with the other kid that was playing this kid the in-home nurses are saying that he would be in the same clothing and the diapers heavily soiled for days at a time, like they would leave and come back and he'd be in the same stuff. They're saying that he wouldn't pick up, the pharmacist saying he wouldn't pick up a 30-day supply of prescriptions. Listen, what I know. Or months what, at a what time. I know, what I know about. The FBI is saying there was a stench of urine and vomit in the sheets and the rusting bed springs. Listen, what I know about the system is that when something goes like this, goes down, and if it's somebody that they're after, they'll say what they want to say. Now, this is this is from a person who has been in certain situations throughout life dealing with those type of people. So when they want you for something, they'll say what they need to say to make sure that the paperwork line up with what they want you for. Okay, so if he missed, so you're saying that they forged the paperwork to say that he weighed 57 pounds in November of, 20, of 2001, but by March of 2003, he had dropped seven pounds and was now 50 pounds. Now, if, if, they, and if are you saying, wait, let me get my question. 
So you're saying that they forged that information. I think that the doctors noticed some things that were not quite right. And they may have said to him, you're bordering on child abuse. Why is the child dropping weight? Do we need to have you assessed for the way that you're caring for him? Do we need to have people coming into the house to help you? Do we need, like they asked some questions and he became afraid and then just got rid of the body. I, 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 don't, I don't, like, I'm saying this. I, I'm saying I know people and I have been in situations where people have written up what they wanted the paperwork to say to be in position to do what they need to do. Not saying that it did go that way with Mr. Ferguson or it didn't, but I'm saying the government has, and this is not being a, <laughs> a conspiracy theorist, this is just influential information the government has ways of knowing certain things about you to get you where they want you to be period so i mean you think about you know cops and uh a young black guy you know just minding his business driving down the street never had any charges posted against him ever you know not even a freaking speeding ticket all of a sudden he comes up with a kilo of cocaine in the backseat of a car or a gun that he knows nothing about. Come on, man. There, there, there's ways to get around the system. And that's what lawyers know. And that's what makes them so good at the things that they do because they know the loopholes. So there, there has been countless cases where people have been in situations that just because you you young and black and you successful and you get you you buy a car legitimately that's better than what the police drive now they want to pull you over and try to railroad you in different things you know so i mean i don't put nothing past nobody when it comes to the system and being incarcerated and making money off of people that they pick up off the street because that's all it comes down to is big business for incarceration. So I don't put it past, I don't put nothing past nobody. Nobody knows the ins and outs of this story like that, but the why and Christian and Christian. So, okay. So Dewan's lawyers stated this, and this part I do agree with. Not to say, listen, I'm not really saying what part I agree or don't agree with on for this whole story, because I wasn't there. I don't even live in Missouri. Like I don't, I'm just reporting. I'm just, I'm just telling y'all what, what the story is. Okay. But listen, Dewan's lawyer said this, quote. The state wants you to believe that Dewan was like slowly killing this child in front of home health care workers, doctors, whatever. And none of them noticed, like there was a question, none of them noticed 
because it was remotely true, because, no, I'm sorry, because if it was remotely true, one of them would have called DFS or told the authorities about it. That's not what happened. Now, just so you know, in Missouri, in St. Louis, Missouri, they call DFS, okay? It's called the uh, Family Support, it's the Family Support Division. Division, uh-huh. Okay, and it is the state-administered agency responsible by law for the administration of programs and services to help empower Missourians to live safe, healthy, and productive lives. So, uh, so they basically, like here, um, if there's a report of abuse, um, especially home health care workers, doctors, teachers, like you're all bound that you have to report any any instance of you thinking it's abuse, and there's a whole list of what abuse means for you to call this number, and you have to do it within 24 hours, like, or you're in trouble. Like, if you see it and you don't report it within 24 hours, then not only is the parent in trouble, but you in trouble too, because you saw it and didn't report it. Okay, so, um, yeah, I me being in the teaching system, like teaching children and all of that, like I know that that's supposed to happen. So that's a little suspect to me. That part has always been a little suspect to me, even last year when we first, this it was June last year, y'all, when we first talked about this. Right. And even then, that kind of set on me that, you know, these home health care workers, doctors, all these people that said whatever they said, you know, because this boy needed all these different types of right. people to help him. Right. And, that, and that's why I say <laughs> it don't matter how far it go. You can railroad somebody in anything. It's just how you railroad them. And and. For, like I say, I understand, like, DFS in Missouri is a son of a gun. I knew several people who had DFS come into their life and for whatever reason. And they stayed in their life for almost 10 years trying to figure out what's going on and make sure that these people were not doing the things that they weren't supposed to do and doing the things that they were supposed to do before they even got their children back. So that right there, if you didn't have no signs, see no signs of what was going on and or did see something that was going on and didn't report it. Yeah, I think you should be under investigation, too. I think that the parents should be under investigation. But if they didn't see nothing, how are you going to convict somebody for murder? You don't have the evidence for it. Because the thing about paperwork. Like I said, you can make the paperwork say anything, but the evidence and the absence of evidence is something that you cannot fix. If there is no evidence there, if there is no body there, if there is no blood on the scene, it did not happen. So the so his younger sister, who is now 27 years old, she was like a year younger than him. She testified too. And she testified to having to 
change her big brother's diapers, that she was often left alone to do all of the family chores on her own. Um, that the boy would, uh, he would swallow pieces of his diaper. She testified a lot of horrible stuff. Um, okay, so let, let me be clear. The the daughter mm-hmm. is not Dewan's child. <laughs> it's not his child. Okay, but I'm just saying that she says she lived in the house and grew up with them, and this was she did. This was the damning evidence, and I'm sure that that jury, this is what they really clung to, is to, what yeah. she said. But see, but this, okay. this is, I, and I get it, I get it, but what I'm saying to you is, if that is not your freaking kid, and you have that's through somebody else, and the mama tell you what to say, because you want to find what you going on with your kid, guess what you're going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> guess what you're going to do? You're going to do what your mama told you to do, even if it's the truth or it's a lie. Because that's not DeWine's daughter. <laughs> he, well, only had, he only had two kids with her, with Thea. Okay. And then and then the other person that he was married to later, he produced a daughter through her, but not them. Okay. She's okay. But I'm just saying what I again as a teacher, kids tell you stuff. Or you notice stuff. So if this child was really taking care of this kid on her own you would have smelled her you would have like no i'm 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 just i'm just no one in these children's lives said anything and it, as it, a kid as a kid it's not often that the kid, it's not, it's it's rare. It's rare that the kid is going to just walk up to you and say, my brother is at home in smelly diapers and I have to do all the work and my daddy is always gone. That's be, you get that type of information if you have built that type of relationship with that kid. Mm-hmm. But still, even the way that it comes out is not necessarily gonna be just like, hey, let me tell you what happened at home last night. It's not going to come out like that. So, I mean, kids tell me all kinds of stuff. And I I really sit there and have to determine, like, is this, are they lying? Because kids embellish for attention. They do. Uh, and then sometimes it's not exactly what kids get you know it gets convoluted kids are like well I think it's abuse because he hit me okay not necessarily I mean it's kind of like you got to kind of figure it out or like you know you'll have a kid that sees something hears something sexual in what you said 
based on whatever go on at their house. And, you know, you talking to a kindergartner and you wondering how they got there, right? How do they even know that, right? So you have to now determine like, is some sexual going on in front of this kid or with this kid, right? So I, I'm, still, I'm still troubled by no one in their lives saw any symptoms because there are clear symptoms of child abuse children retreat within themselves like there are clear signs children act out in in violent ways children you know their body their body reacts and they throw up and they are sick a lot because like things happen and you I don't understand why no one noticed and then Let's not forget that he came up missing and now the FBI is looking for him. So now we come up with a videotape where Mr. Ferguson is carrying Christian out wrapped in a blanket. And now we're saying there's child abuse. And, 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 that's, and that's what I'm saying. There, there is no evidence of that case being reported to anybody uh other than what they say here in 2022 and then they're saying that he you could hear connor i mean not connor christian you could hear christian um struggling in the blanket as his father was carrying him out. Yeah, I like I I just I just can't give way to uh, no no evidence. And I can't give way to medical professionals not reporting anything. So and to 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 me in this case the 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 federal government the state government all dropped the ball and y'all just convicted a man on the suspicion let me be clear on the suspicion of murder and if that's how the justice system works that is exactly why it doesn't work. Well, the the ex-wife supposedly uh, recorded conversations with the two children, Connor and uh, Lynn. Um, she asked specifically about Dewan's care for Christian. Connor said, good. Lynn testified that she was scared, um, that she was scared of her father and that her father abused her. All I can say, all I can say at this moment is every- in 2007 said that uh, the father took the best care of Christian. 
And we talked about this before, remember that there was a, a heated battle of custody between the parents. Yeah. There was a heated dislike or disdain for each other. Um, that one of Christian's nannies had a sexual relationship with Mr. Ferguson. And she's the one that came up and said some incriminating things about the disappearance of Christian and his whereabouts. Hey guys, this is Fire from Insane Rhetoric. Check this out. Listen, we need your help in sustaining future episodes, conversations, so we can bring more of the craziness and the insanity to you that's going on in your community, in your city, and in your world. Can you please help us to donate to Insane Rhetoric? And your small, medium, or large gifts are more than appreciated. And we would love to keep this station coming to you and giving you the information that you need about the insanity in your world so check this out please 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 donate to insane rhetoric so we can sustain sustain future episodes hey thank you once again fire out how ironic when you screwing somebody and then they come up and say something like this when you stop screwing them got it it just come on man it just none of this none of this makes sense at all like i said it just doesn't make sense and they say that they heard that he was that the one of the one of the co-workers um of dewan's ex-wife testified that that oh over testified over here in one tell um Monica Mitchell, his ex-wife, uh that Christian was dead and this was before he called 911 to report the carjacking. And that the body was buried in the foundation of a home. Then, then go dig it up and have real evidence. Tie the house down if it's that serious. Dig up the foundation where he said it was at and have real evidence to convict him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all that stuff is circumstantial. It's not hard evidence listen y'all they they investigated this for a long time because they didn't charge him until 2019 remember we didn't so everybody was an adult by the time they even charged right the case is over 19 years old it's over 19 years old so i think it's interesting too that She, Miss Mitchell filed for a divorce a week or two after the disappearance. And then... I mean, I don't think and, that's and, interesting. And then think... the, there was a... 
of filing that he was being charged for sexually abusing the children. I don't I don't think that was interesting at all. What would, would like I mean who case was that? I I I, I can't recall it right now, but you don't want to be dragged through the mud and be known as a potential murderer's wife and not knowing how that's going to go and how long it's going to go. So I don't think that was it, uh, it, it. I think that was probably the most sane thing to do. Because you're unsure how, what, who's lying, who's telling the truth, and you don't want to go through that for the rest of your your marriage because somebody then screwed up, and you don't know if that if if who you <laughs> married to laying next to you is a murderer or or whatever they might be. Who wants to deal with that up and down? So I I get it. You know, because like I said, somebody else was in that same situation, a high profile case where they they immediately divorced. Oh, matter of fact, it was George Floyd and uh, Mr. Chauvin's wife divorced him as soon as that case started to come up. So I get it. Leave and, and go ahead and take what you can get. Because you don't know where that's going to go. So it is what it is. Y'all go back and listen to our episode. Um, well, it's a three-part episode. To be or not free. Like, you know, buy something for free. Get something for free. Free case. Parts one, two, and three. Go go back and listen to it. We broke it down for you. It was a long episode, so we broke it down for you so you could take it in little bites. But yeah, um, that, that, that was that was it true. was it was it was yeah. I'm still devastated by that. Oh, okay, y'all listen. Y'all know how I feel about Aura. Step in the name of love. I'm so mad. Move in the name of love. Yeah, I'm so mad. I can't Move listen to in Step the in the Name of Love. love. I can't listen to it. Both versions. Like, I'm mad I can't listen to Step in the Nip. Step, step, side, side. Okay. I'm so, I'm so mad. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Yeah. And we, we, we agreed. Like, as women, how can we, as people, how could we, like, listen to his music again, knowing that every single lyric probably has something to do with all that ugly stuff he did and we're like oh my god we have to support me too like oh oh my god but I don't really and we both agree like you know I believe I can fly and all that other stuff like well that those other songs no doesn't matter but step in the name of love oh it hurts my heart when I have to sneak and listen to that song. I can't boom my box on my car when I'm listening to that song. I have to bring it down so people don't know I'm listening to Step in the Name by R. Kelly. I I have to bring down the birthday song by R. Kelly when I'm because it's on my birthday playlist, mixtape playlist. I 
and he named all these women happy birthday gina happy birthday linda happy birthday and i'm like he probably did all that to all these women he taught my happy birthday to i so 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 as a musician i don't believe that because a person has a problem with something a problem listen to me hear me out okay I don't believe that a person has a problem or a situation with something and that you need to stop listening to their music. Because if that was the case, if that was really the case, then you wouldn't listen to nobody because most music has been born, good music, out of problem situations. Main, main, Marvin Gaye. That, that, that's what I'm saying. When you talk about what's my man's name from uh, St. Louis? Yeah, Donnie Hathaway. Uh, I mean, music is is born out of situations. Art imitates life. Yeah, I mean, and 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 that's what I'm saying. So, like, because he was jacked up, doesn't mean that his music was no good, you know. And you, I know, but it's about the it's about the money streaming to support him. It's not about the music being no good listen, it's about supporting listen man how many people you supporting right now that you listen to that are doing murders and they telling you that they doing them. that ain't stopping nobody from listening to the baby that ain't stopping nobody nobody whatchamacallit what's her name they always talking about explicit sex acts on rap music and and and, and, and ain't nobody stopped listening to them Ain't nobody stopped listening to Kim. Ain't nobody stopped listening to what's my girl name? Uh, little baby doll. What's her name? From uh, what's what's the girl name? It look like uh, she Kim's rival. I forgot her name. But Cardi B and all these people. Ain't nobody stopped listening to them. I know. So you you pick one person to be the escape goat. For for everybody and to stop listening to their music. Come on, man. If Michael Jackson was still here, he sold trillions of records. No. But yet they were saying he was messing with little boys and y'all let's stop listening to Mike. I know. So the, okay, the, so secretly, <laughs> secretly, I have not stopped listening to Aura. At least not step in the name of love. I I I wasn't big on the rest of them songs anyway, but step in the name of love is my favorite song. Yeah, like me, I don't care. Like I I rode down the street and listened to R because he has good lyrics, he has good beats, he has good good hooks on his songs, and the boy can sing. As a musician, yeah, I tell you like this: if it's a if it's a song that I can play in church while I'm playing in certain churches, and then it goes with what I'm finna do. Or where we finna take the music to? Mm-hmm. I sacrilegious. use, I use, I use that licking. I use that lick in the church. Sacrilegious, sacrilegious. No, it ain't. Does you say so? You start laughing, Rachel. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> so Aura, Aura. Okay, I call him Aura. Okay. He R double Aura right now. He double. He double Aura right here. Robert Railroad Kelly. R Kelly. Robert Kelly. Okay, uh, so so he was so okay. So you know he got his time in New York, and then they took him to Chicago. Okay, so in Chicago he was sentenced 
this week to 30 years um, in prison, racketeering and sex trafficking charges. Okay. Uh, same thing was going on in New York. Y'all know the story. We don't need to go over that again. They go gave back. him 30 in New York? Did they give him uh, 30 in New York? I can't remember how many they gave him. Okay. I, I, I seriously can't remember. Like, I, I don't even really care. But listen, y'all, so I want y'all to go back because y'all, we have, we talk about Aura and Bill a lot. I'm glad he's quiet. I'm I'm glad Bill is quiet too. You better keep that money under the table, boy. I'm, <laughs> I, I Bill need to be quiet for a minute. Don't we, do what OJ did if I <sighs> did it. What? Yeah, that was not the business. Uh, that's why we haven't qualified that nigga in a long time. He ain't no, he ain't no black person for real. Yeah. If you, you a black man in America, and you beat a murder charge, and you write a book talking about if I did it. That's just crazy. <laughs> no, that's just stupid. <laughs> what I don't understand is why did why did OJ just like why didn't he just go sit down? Why, why didn't he just Because everybody wanted their 15 minutes of fame, man, no matter how, the, how how you get it. You know what I'm saying? Who steals their own stuff? Right. Just they the you man can... stole your stuff. I know you want your stuff back, but like you already in deep water. Like you ain't all of that. Just go sit down. I mean, for real, that's all you had to do is go pay somebody to go beat him up and take your stuff back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... If that's what you really wanted to do, I mean, I, I don't condone it, but I mean, he might have got less time if he paid somebody else. Probably, he wouldn't have got no time because you you send that money through a third, third, third party. Uh-uh. <laughs> third, third, third party. Y'all, y'all just go back and listen to our earlier episodes. We, as a matter of fact, I think we actually in our first episode ever in season one i think is when we really talked about r kelly the most like we've talked about r kelly um many times and his little things he's been going through but if you go and listen to our very first episode in may of last year 2021 you will hear bill was denied parole parts one and two Oh, that was a wonderful episode. Our first episode was the ball, wasn't it? Man, it was a wonderful episode. <laughs> Go back and listen to that episode. One, but listen to part one and part two. Uh, because we do talk about R. Kelly in that episode as well. So we talk about Bill being denied parole, but we but we also talk about R. Kelly. But anyway, so. So R. Kelly, R. Kelly, uh, he he. So R. Kelly, he got thirty years in Chicago, and then um, a few days later, they they put him on suicide watch. Well, his lawyers are suing the city because. Well, they saying that he wasn't suicidal, that it was used to be, um, they did it because um, 
they just wanted to be mean to him. And apparently, if you're not on su if you're not suicidal, and they put you on suicide watch, apparently it makes you suicidal. Well, you think it kind of invokes the point of suicide. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Kelly. I wasn't thinking about suicide until you put me on suicide watch. <laughs> I'm sorry, all right. I, I guess I can make a suicide song now since this is to be the last moment. <laughs> I didn't know R. Kelly was 55 years old, though. Yeah, he's been around for a little minute. Yeah, young old man. Now he's yeah. just going to be an old, old, old man. In prison. Yeah. Cause he don't have any more money, huh? Cause you know, uh, that last million went with that first that, with that first court case. <sighs> yep. So what happens? Oh, apparently, this, oh, he must be back in Brooklyn. Okay, no, this is not Chicago, y'all. He back in Brooklyn. Brooklyn did this. Well, that's, I mean, that's... Oh, the, okay, so this was the sentencing for Brooklyn. Remember, they hadn't sentenced him yet. Right, right. So this is how, so be back to your question. How many years did he get for New York? He got 30. 30. So he still got to go... He got to go a, back to Chicago, Chicago. to sentence him for that. Right. So they, gonna, they, they ain't going to charge him less time. I mean, it don't even matter. If he got 30 in New York, and that's state, he's going to do probably... Yeah. He might do 18 of that because the time frame is not federal. Their calendar, how they calculate um, uh, time, I think is every six months is like a year. So the time, the way they calculate it is different. Federal, he would do 85% of his time. So if he had 30 years, he's going to do at least 25 of that. <laughs> but state is different. So, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. so yeah, because it was state, it wasn't federal. Yeah, it ain't no, it wasn't no federal crime. So, I can't believe he only gonna do eighteen years though, but he's still gonna be oldest. He, yeah, but he ain't gonna like I said. He, well, he are they do... gonna run it concurrent? Yes, with... the time, the time starts. As soon when he was locked up, they calculate that time inside running through the trial while he was in jail before the trial, all the way up until he finished his sentence. So that 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 time is already ticking. Okay, but also though, so he got to go back and get his time in Chicago. So it's does gonna, that? But it's does, still does gonna that, count. It's still gonna that, count. When they the only thing they're gonna do is give him the time. And whatever it is, it started when he was transported to that time. That so you in New York, you getting your time there. Your sentence, you already in jail. So when they move you to go down and get your time in, in Chicago, it still runs concurrently. So you're doing time right now. When they so they're not going to pack it on the end. So I, no. what I'm asking is. You're doing 30 here. You get 30 in 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 uh Chicago. So now it's 60, but it's not running side by side. It's running like, okay, you got to finish this 30, which you say is 18. And then now you got to finish this 30 and that's 18. Yeah, no, nah, they don't tack it on the back, back side of that. That's going to run at the same time. So it's going to be 118. Yep. Yep. 
That's it. That's 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 if he don't have no problems in jail. The problem with that is he ain't got no money. He ain't got no money. So if he ain't got no money, that means he ain't got no security. That means he gonna be in general population. He gonna be in general population. The problem with being in Jim Pop, other than him being being uh. Well, he, ain't gonna, he gonna be 85 before he get out. 30 years, he gonna be 85 before. Oh, you said 18, right? Yeah, 18. They might give him, it might be 18, like, but he ain't gonna have to do the whole eight, eight, if it was fair time, 85. He's still gonna be 73 years old before he get out. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, <laughs> Jim Pop. He's going to have a problem if he is not in protective custody. That's probably why they put him on suicide watch. Y'all, for those of y'all who are like me, Jim Pop is general population. Yes. So that means you in there with everybody. Okay. So suicide watch means that you're in the cell for 23 hours a day. You only have one hour outside with people. And then you're back in your cell 23 hours a day. So if they're putting them in suicide watch, that might be a form of uh, keeping him secure, keeping him secure because because he doesn't have any money. And they know if they put him in gym pop with the rest of those murderers and killers and thugs and thieves, then he will have a serious problem because like I said, he's known now as a convicted rapist or whatever, a serial rapist, whatever they call it for him. And two things that the, the prison doesn't like prisoners doesn't like is you messing with children and cops. So he'll be 10 toes down fighting for a long time. What they saying is to protect them. They talk about how, they don't let them have certain types of things to eat or drink. It's a padded cell, um, shoelaces, belts, neckties, bra, shoes, socks, suspenders, bed sheets. They don't have any of that. No, they don't. They're giving small finger foods. Um, so maybe he sees it as punishment for being celebrity. Maybe he doesn't see it as they're trying to protect his ass. Maybe they don't, but I mean, maybe he doesn't. But well, but that's what it is because it's like being in solitary confinement. It's like being in the hole by yourself. Well, but when you're in the hole, you don't come out until that time is up. I wonder if he if he needs some time to reflect. Oh, he got a lot of time to reflect. Got a lot of time to find Allah or whoever you need to find too. So if y'all don't if y'all don't remember, um in September he was found guilty. He was convicted of nine counts. Uh one charge of racketeering and eight counts of violations of the Man Act. Um We've talked about that a lot on this show. This sexual trafficking, sex trafficking. Um, yeah, yeah. That's all I. That's all I can say. Uh, 
Mr. Kelly, I'll keep listening to your music. I don't care because I'm I'm listening to his music. I just I, I just I, listen to it on the download because I I don't care what it is. I'm gonna listen to your music. If I'm in the mood to listen to aura, I listen to aura. If I'm not, I won't. But you know, that don't take away from who you are as a musician, a songwriter, and an artist. I mean, that you, you, your creativity has shown, but you know, your personal life has shown the more. So you, you got what's coming to you. Hey, and my thing is, there are other countries that you could have went to to do that. If that was what you were trafficking. Yeah, that like I mean, like they got countries that like you can they marry off their kids at like twelve. You know what I'm saying? You could go to other countries where they do stuff like that, where they be giving away kids. If that's what you was into and doing, man, <laughs> I, I, it's a lot of different countries that has a lot of different ways about things when it comes to that you know what i'm saying i mean singapore you go over there and do whatever the heck you want to do you know i mean dude <laughs> i don't i don't i don't know in any case I don't, I don't promote nobody to do nothing to no kid but if you want to get married i don't know did did he get married to a in the united states yep and and I think at that time she was 15. So that they forged means she, her doc, they forged her document. And that's what I was gonna say. Somebody either consented or they forged it. Well, she consented, but they also forged no, it. No, I'm t- I was talking about the parent. Oh, oh okay. No, no, no. <laughs> no, they forged it. Uh so and she was in on it. Uh, but anyway, so the prosecutors allegedly. Uh, told um, um, Aura's legal team that um, uh, that he had been moved for quote various reasons such as age, crime, publicity, and sentencing, which would speak to what you just said that they moved him to keep him safe. I didn't think he was supposed to be safe in prison. Well, they probably know. They probably know it. They probably they probably know exactly what them prisoners gonna do to him. They gonna be on him. They gonna whatever he did. They gonna do to the. Yeah, that's that's and that's exactly. He gonna be. He gonna be. It's gonna be like the episode of um, Boondocks, but Tom went was in prison. (laughs) Pickle ass soul. Ain't only raped. I... <laughs> we don't drop soap around her no <laughs> pick it up okay <laughs> well so Aura uh well Aura um his lawyer said that Miss Quote Mr. Kelly is currently being confined illegally in violation of his Eighth Amendment. Yeah, uh, in violation of the Eighth Amendment guarantees under the harsh conditions of suicide watch 
for no reason other than his status as a high profile inmate. The conditions under which he is currently being confined are causing real and lasting harm to Mr. Kelly. So well, I think he should be using this time right now to battle his demons that, you know, of him being raped, of all this stuff that happened to him, which caused him to do these things. And maybe he could get a counselor in there with him to talk to him, keep him from going over the edge. And he could talk it, about his problem. Maybe it'll be a prison counselor. It could be like sister, what's her name on Oz? Mm. You know, did you watch Oz? Yeah, that was my show. Okay, the lady, you know, the priest, sister, mm. whatever her name was. I remember. Yeah, it could be like that. And then you remember how she started having these dreams about um the one man. Uh I forgot his name, his character's name, but he went on to play Stabler on uh Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But I don't yeah, she, she she started having dreams about being with him because he started like being sexy with us, uh, and then she started having dreams about him. Speaking like, of that, speaking of that, did you see that case? Did you see that case of the inmate? I mean, the 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 CEO who went down somewhere and got her. Her, her health situation together. I guess she was going to get a butt job or whatever and died. Oh, yeah, in the Dominican. I don't know what they got to do with what we was talking about, but yeah. It, it, I, it, just, it just popped in my head when we got to talk but about it. But you said people. speaking of that, I don't... Yeah, that's what I, I, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I was just thinking about that when you got to talking about the, the, the people in Oz <laughs> messing with the inmates and all that type of stuff. Okay, Eighth Amendment, y'all. came up in 1789 and was revised in 1992. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. That's what his lawyer is talking about. So let, let me say this. In the United States, even though it's jail, most of the inmates live in a situation where it it ain't all bad. There's a show called Locked Up Abroad that makes the freaking United States jails look like Club Med. They have built a jail that's in, I want to say, the Philippines. It houses 1,200 people, by the way they built it. It's 5,000 people in it. So you imagine (laughs) a jail that has 1,200 people. It's built for 1,200 people, but it's 5,000 in it. The, The... that place is so bad that they don't have enough staff to govern the prisoners. So they get actual prisoners that they may trust to actually work as security. 
in the jail. <laughs> so, so when you're talking about cruel and unusual punishment, go and look up that show on Netflix called Locked Up Abroad or the world's worst prisons that's in other countries. Like, compared to them, man, United States prisons is a, is the Ritz-Carlton. So when you know we talked about um, was that that was last Saturday when we talked about um, uh, the NRA and the Second Amendment, right? Yeah. And so y'all have to remember that a lot of this stuff, everything was like the forefathers. They put these first several amendments in place based on what was going on uh, when they left uh, England. Yeah. Okay. When they okay. exiled is what she was saying. Okay. So, you know, like they were trying to, you know, cover stuff like punishment, like drawing and quartering. Mm. Right, right. Like, yeah. that. okay. But, but what's in, but what I'm thinking about right now is the fact that, you know, the movement that's going on in this country today, so I wonder if we'll take away these privileges too. So we've taken away and overturned Roe versus Wade. We're talking about maybe we should overturn um, same-sex marriage, right? And I'm we're talking about changing the word slavery and taking it out of schools in Texas and changing it to involuntary relocation. What who about who who volunteered to relocate? I don't know. <laughs> That's another show we haven't gotten to yet. We're gonna get to it because you know I'm gonna have a lot to say. Okay, but what if we go back and hit this amendment too? What 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 if they go back and hit this one too, y'all? Listen, I I I don't believe in the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let me. Let, I think that you should go back and tear all that and burn it down. I'm just saying, Gus. <laughs> you want to go back? You want to go back and change all of these? Like, let's go back. We can go back to the Second Amendment and and revise that. Oh, no, that I mean, be, this one that would be a good uprising. 19- they'll leave everybody. They wouldn't change nothing, but that would they'll change everything around. Them. I mean, <laughs> this second. one was revised in 1992, so Mm-mm. we can go talk, back and talking about it. You talking about weapons of mass destruction? Who's got weapons of mass destruction? I, I'm just, I'm just saying. Mm-mm. That ain't gonna work out. No, we don't mm-hmm. wanna. That ain't gonna work out. Okay. Well, that I was just. Out. That ain't gonna work out now. <laughs> I'm just saying. That, mm-mm, mm-mm, that ain't gonna work out. <laughs> listen, listen, her insane rhetoric, man. Listen, you just need to know. Uh, the laws, the amendments, wherever you are. Um, 
I just think that you you need to make sure that you are abreast upon everything wherever you go. Prime example, one of the United States citizens is still stuck over in Russia by the name of Brittany Griner. Yeah. And I think her, her case is coming up where they're finna get ready to find out what she's finna do. If you're traveling anywhere and know something about where you're traveling to, because yeah. you don't know what can happen in the stroke of a second, you know, um, like we were talking about R. Kelly, I, I, I am, I am, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry from the standpoint that another brother has to be in jail and yeah. somebody is making money off of him because he's in jail, you know, and I feel like that with anybody that's in jail, you know, Dewan, you know, and, and, and other people I know that have been incarcerated for whatever dumb reason or not a dumb reason, just depends. I, I just, I, I just don't know what else to say about that because, hey, they're making money off you. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's the big thing. Get you in there by any means necessary. Make it so that you can't get out and you can't function in society and and do what you need to be doing and be beneficial for, you know, yourself and others around you. One thing I do believe in is that people can change. Sometimes it takes a hard lesson to change, but that's not to say that they cannot change. If you're willing and willing to change, then you're able to. You know, um, my thing is don't learn a life's lesson through something stupid that may cause you to learn, wind up in those type of places before you want to change. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's my thing. So, I mean, in that, in that, in that token, I guess we can get out of here because I don't yeah. want to talk about prison. <laughs> yeah, we, this, this was a prison field show. You yeah. know, I, I always get depressed when. No, I ain't gonna get depressed because I'm just like it is what it is, and when you understand yeah. that's a part, that's a part of life in in black society. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. That that like it's sad that people get used to that. That's what's sad about it. That right. people get used to like, oh man, that's somebody that else went down. You know, like it shouldn't be that way. No other country on the planet has the high. This, this country has the highest incarceration rate than anywhere else. We have most of our citizens in cages. No other, no other country has an incarceration higher than the United States. Kind of ironic that. England didn't want them either, but they didn't incarcerate them. They just exiled them. <laughs> you don't believe me? Go read your history. I ain't finna give you all the answers. So, <sighs> once again, thank you for joining Insane Rhetoric <laughs> and the show on incarceration. <laughs> We want to let you know that you can touch bases with us on all platforms. You can hear us. You can hear us on YouTube live on Saturday mornings. You can catch us on Facebook. You can catch us on Google Music, Apple Music, 
uh, iHeartRadio, Owls, Tales. You can catch us pretty rare on anywhere, any platform that podcasts are found. The name is Insane Rhetoric. You need to like, subscribe, and follow. We are in several countries. We do a lot of different things. We are trying to just to be uh the voice of the people and when we say the people we don't mean we don't mean black people we mean all people all inclusive people so we want to thank you once again for joining insane rhetoric and just remember to enjoy the ride that is insane rhetoric yeah bye y'all thank you for joining us on this rewind wednesday don't forget to come back and join us on Free Fall Friday. But until then, just remember to enjoy the ride that is Insane Rhetoric. <laughs>